We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Tuesday, November twenty-eighth, two thousand and twenty-three, ladies and gentlemen, we are in December football. The next NFL game that will be played will be in November. The Cowboys will play the Seahawks on Thursday night, but the next game the Packers play, the next game we all care about. We'll be in December, Sunday, December 3rd, Sunday night football against Jacob Morley's favorite team, the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones, a lot of good players coming to Green Bay Green Bay's field, Lambeau Field, for a bit of a litmus test. Green Bay coming off a, uh, I don't like to call it a statement victory, I guess, because, I mean, Realistically, it was a win to get them to five and six, but a bit of a statement. And Jacob Morley last week when we were together talked about why. And uh, we're going to play a little bit of a clip from last week's show and kind of go through it from there. Yeah, I think you guys are right. I mean, what's what is your give a shit meter in this game? Because if I am the coaching staff in Green Bay, that's that's the message this week. Short week. How tough are you? This team physically manhandled you the last time we played. It's it was embar- it was it was embarrassing. It was like you said. I mean, it was one of those games where uh, they could have Detroit could have walked up to the line of scrimmage and said, "Hey, we're running this. Stop it." Eight yards, twelve yards, fifteen yards. Hey, Sewell, who's not on the team anymore, right? Um, we knew you jumped that. Like that's that's embarrassing. I mean that that is demoralizing. Check your manhood type stuff. And so, what is the response for this young team? Are they just going to lay down? Are they going to get punched in the mouth and say, "Here we go again"? Going to be another long game on Thanksgiving Day. 
nationally televised game. What's it going to look like? I don't even care about, I don't care about the scoreboard in this game at all. I want to see what this team is made of. I want to see if they are able to respond to that in any capacity. Um, I have my opinions about this team and Jacob, we've talked about it. Like, I think, I think Matt LaFleur, I think Matt LaFleur is a really good head coach, but I do think Matt LaFleur teams have, I think it's fair to say that they have come up short in these types of games, these drag them out, punch you in the mouth type games. So there's no more, ah, that was Aaron Rodgers. That was this guy. That was that guy. This is a brand new crop of players. And if that's the same thing you get, there's only one place to point, and that's at the coach. So make this team in your image, Matt, and what does that look like? And is that is that tough enough to go toe-to-toe with a Dan Campbell team who Dan is not shy about who he is, about what he's about, and that's why people love him. And so can Green Bay and these young players hear that, process that, come out on Thursday – on Thanksgiving Day and put up a fight. That's what I'm looking for. Okay, so let's dive into that just a little bit and and just kind of go through everything. So we kind of explained this going into the game. Green Bay came out from this game and from the jump was basically like, we're going to be aggressive. And I was a little surprised with that approach just because, like, look at the guys they were missing. Going No Jair Alexander, no Dontavion Wicks no Devondre Campbell, no Rudy Ford. Like they're missing a bunch of dudes coming into this game. Green Bay wins the toss and they do something that nobody does in the modern NFL anymore. I remember like in 2014 when the Packers had that offense that was awesome and Rodgers won the MVP that year and everything like that. I remember them taking the ball first, especially at home, just saying, hey, we're going to score right off the rip and make you kind of play on our terms. But the Packers really haven't done that since then. And now they have a setup where they get the ball first in the first play of the game. You're thinking like, okay, do they want to establish AJ Dillon? Do they want to go short, quick passing? Nope. Play action bomb. Christian Watson may very well have scored a touchdown if the ball hits him on the money, but we got two narrative busters right away. Uh, Jordan love the Packers do trust him to throw it down the field. And Christian Watson makes a contested catch all in one particular play. And that happened two more times on this particular day too, but we'll get to those in just a minute. I loved it. I loved the approach from the get-go. I've said it about a thousand times about this Packers team in general. Even if the results were going to be clunky and ugly, I want them to be clunky and ugly because then you know what you have as far as your quarterback goes. You cannot play conservative close to the vest, and especially against this Lions team where teams don't run against Detroit anyways. So running the ball against them is kind of a fool's errand anyways. So you've got to Play the game through the air. And Green Bay's run offense, quite frankly, uh, stinks. They don't have, whether Aaron Jones plays or not, they do not have a run game to speak of. They've had one good rushing game this season. It was against the Rams a few weeks ago. And that, I don't even know what that really was a byproduct of at this point. But Packers go right down the field. Jordan Love throws a pass. I'm not 100% sure he was targeting Jaden Reed. And they basically said that they screwed something up on that. But it kind of makes the throw even more impressive on that particular case. But Uh, Trey, just your thoughts real quick here as the start of the game, taking the ball, throwing the bomb, and just kind of chucking it all over the field to get them into the end zone. As far as an approach to start a game, one, 
one thing I talked about last week was that this portion of the schedule coming up is basically it's do or die in terms of which direction the team was going to go. It's big games. This was obviously you know a Thanksgiving game. Why not start strong against a team that's eight and two, that's done whatever they want to do, walked all over you the first time? Why why not take that approach and and look you know look how it turned out? Like you said, could have easily been a touchdown if, if the throw was out there a little bit more. But you get a fifty plus yard pass play and you come out the rest of the, the drive and you execute, 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 and you end up in the end zone. Um, and that was basically just a, a start to what was a for the most part a pretty calm win in terms of everyone executing all three phases, uh, guys just doing what they were asked to do and and making plays when their when their number was called. And that that first drive was a, a sign of great things to come and you know also was using using your guys skill set to the to the utmost. Um I think that was one thing we talked about all season long was you know as far as the play calling so far this year, we don't necessarily know if it's been to everyone's strengths. Geared to what Jordan can do best, geared to what Christian does best, Jaden Reed, Kraft, Musgrave, AJ Dillon, you know, the name the list goes on and on. Um but that first drive kind of was just a glimpse of what the rest of the game was. It was going to put guys in a position to be successful and when their number was called, they all executed. So it was nice to see. I think you got a really good point there about using players to their advantage. You know, Christian Watson, obviously uh, the best game of his season to date, which is, which is a nice thing to see. And we'll get into that a little bit more because I've often, I've said it on this show. I've said it on a lot of other platforms that have been willing to listen. And I know the results for this season have been frustrating and maybe that's partially why they haven't, gone this direction but this Green Bay offense for the better part of a year now Christian Watson's breakout game last year against Dallas was on November 13th it's November 26th as we record here tonight Green Bay's offense is at its best when it runs through Christian Watson Uh, he's their most talented receiver that's not a slight to the other guys that are on the roster it's just accurate when you're that big and that fast and able to make the plays that he is and you've seen it contested catches seen him make plays with the ball in his hands and they were able to do some stuff that actually I think his best play of the game might've been that catch on the sideline where the ball's a little bit above his head and he makes a play. And that's the difference between a first down and continuing the drive and kicking. So they didn't have to kick because of that play. That was a big one too, but they're using Jaden Reed in the RPO game now, instead of Romeo Dobbs, which is nice to see nothing against Romeo, but that's just not his game. Now, Romeo is a possession receiver and really once the ball is in his hands, that's where the play is probably going to end. You know, there aren't too many plays in Romeo Dobbs's career where you see him breaking off big runs or stuff like that. Wicks didn't play. Uh, they got some stuff schemed up for Tucker Craft, and they're starting to use him a little bit better as their yards after catch tight end, which they don't really have much of a choice now that Musgrave's not in the game. But that was nice to see as well, just kind of the way they're putting everything together on offense. So maybe it took a while for, for Matt LaFleur to figure out what exactly it was that he had throughout the course of the season as well. But it all kind of morally got put together on Thursday's game against Detroit where the offense, I mean, if the kicker could make his kicks, they score 30-plus points. And I'm not trying to bash the kicker, but I don't like kickers very much to begin with. And when you don't make your kicks, I mean, we'll get to Anders Carlson here in a little while, but he's missed a kick, at least one kick every week since the bye. Like, unacceptable at this point in the season. But morally, the offense should have put up 30 points. And that was nice to see too, because now you know, next week they're playing a Chiefs team that I think they said on the radio broadcast today has given up 24 points or less in 11 straight games against opponents. And they've played some, not including the Super Bowl and, and stuff like that as well too. But 
I think 11 straight regular season games, 24 points or less uh, for the Chiefs. So a really tough test on, on defense coming as well. So maybe putting things together at a really good time. Yeah, and, and before we move to the Chiefs game, I do want to comment on the, the Lions game just because with everything we talked about last week and with you know this young team coming in to play a team that had whooped their behinds the first time they played, you know, and the way they respond, you know, not just the first play of the game, not just the second, third, whatever play of the game. I mean, from start to finish, this team came out and it reminded me a little bit of the, the Mike McCarthy, where we are nobody's underdogs type of game where for the first time with this young team, it's like they finally came out on the field and said, you know, we are the green Bay mother effing Packers. And when you think of NFL football, you think of a G and we're going to play that way. And it's like, it's the first time this team really came together and played with that type of pride. And that's, what I think is super exciting about this young team. And, you know, some people will say, well, it's just one week and they're right. Yeah. It's just one week, but they do have the chiefs coming to town. Uh, You know, another iconic franchise in the NFL, who by the way, has the best player on the planet right now playing quarterback for them. It'll be a Sunday night game, another primetime game. And this young team is getting a, a, a lesson of, Cool. You did it once. Now you got to go do it again. And then you got to do it again and again. And that's what that is the part of the growing up process for these young teams. It's part of the growing up process for these young players. Um, But it's really, really encouraging to see. And Jordan Love is getting a lot of the credit and rightfully so. Like I am back on the love train. You know, we talked about it on here about five, six weeks ago. I think it was fair to be like, man, is he the guy? Is he going to be the guy that's going to take this team to where they want him to go? I think that question is still up for debate, but I don't think I don't think there's any question about who's going to be the opening day starter in 2024 or 25. Right? It's Jordan Love. That's going to be their guy. Uh, he's going to be one they move they move forward with. Um, but moving on to the Chiefs and looking at what they have, like I said, primetime game. Patrick Mahomes first time playing in Lambeau Field. I mean, he, he's going to get up for that. You know he is. He, he gets up for primetime games anyways. This is the first time since Mahomes has been in the NFL that these two teams have played each other with both of their preferred starters at quarterback playing. Um, so that that is another interesting little, little wrinkle. The other thing that was getting a little bit of run today was I was talking about, you know, the Packers, this was the first time this season that they got to play a familiar opponent. You know, this is the first time this year they've got to play the second, you know, the back half of the divisional schedule. And they came out and ripped them to shreds. And some people were like, oh, well, they get another. Jordan Love gets another team next week in the Chiefs. Not really. (laughs) That was three years ago or two years ago, whatever it was. Like, it's not the same team. It's not the same thing. Um, But that is something that I did want to talk to Trey about as, you know, someone that's played you know, at a a super high level and probably gone through seasons where you've gotten to play a team more than once. Like what, what, what advantages can be taken from that? Because I think you, you look at it and it's like some of it's coaching, right? Like some of that is like, if you're the better coach, you're probably going to win that second game, regardless of what happens in the first game. And I think 
Lafleur went out there, and I think it was clear that he had a much better plan than Dan Campbell did on Thursday. And some of that is, you know, we played you already. You know, you, you punched us. Here's our counter. So, Trey, my question for you is, like, how does that affect your psyche as a player, knowing, like, okay, we played these guys once already. You know, either maybe we whooped up on them the first time or maybe we got whooped up on the first time. Like, how does how do you flip the script as a player like that and what is what does the process look like going into playing the same group of guys for a second time in a season? You know, I think no matter which end of it you're on, I think it presents new challenges each time. Like I've been in the CFL, you'll play a team four times in a year. That's that's a bit egregious. Obviously, the most you could have in the NFL would be what three, like twice in the playoffs, um, potentially. But what it does is is no matter whether you're the team that you know, lost a close game or got blown out. When you come play them again, sometimes it's two or three weeks later. We, we've seen, you know, division games late in the year where you play the same team three times in, or twice in three weeks. Or sometimes it's kind of like the Lions when it was really early in the season and then six or seven games in between. No matter which end of the spectrum you're on when it comes to that, once the, once the first whistle blows for the second game, you're on a clean slate, right? You – now have a chance to say, all right, no matter what happened in that first game, we're going to show you, hey, this this is what we're about today for these 60 minutes. So that's that's one part of it. The other part is where you're where you have a step and where you don't have to start from scratch is you know what this team's gonna run. Um at the NFL level, man, these these teams, these game plans are so sophisticated. A, a coaching staff is not putting in an entirely new game plan the second time around. Just, oh, they, they know our plays from the first time. They don't have time for that. You you have to run what you run and run it better than the other team, uh, you know, is able to stop you. So that's a huge part of it is you say, hey, what did they beat us on? What did they do that allowed them to gain a, a plus one here? Or, you know, this matchup was really was really you know, useful for them in the first game. And you, you look at those little things, those minute details, and you figure out ways to overcome them the second time around. Um, so that's the biggest thing you can do is you just have to understand, hey, they're going to run what they're going to run. Might, might they add a, a wrinkle here, a trick play there, you know, something small like that? They might, but at the end of the day, the Chiefs are going to be the Chiefs. You know, the, the Shanahan offense is going to be the Shanahan offense. The West Coast is going to be the West Coast. Guys are going to do what works for them, right, at the end of the day. So you have to come in there and you have to execute. Um, and it, it's really just about – you know, who is able to to wipe the slate clean from the first one, whether you, you know, like I said, whether you whoop the team the first time or not, you have to go do it again. Uh, no one cares that you beat them 50 to zero. It's it's now zero to zero again. And, you know, like the Packers showed the Lions, uh, if you don't come out there prepared to do whatever is needed on that day, then you might get embarrassed this time around. And I think that's with this game. You look at the game plan. It was the same. Right. The first game they came out and they wanted to throw the ball all over the yard. It just so happened that the Lions were up 27 to three in the blink of an eye and were physically manhandling them on the line of scrimmage. I think for the Lions, too, they just probably thought like, hey, we're just going to push these guys around again. And I think that's what the impressive part of the game was, is, is and is what we talked about in that first clip. Like, where are you at with that Packers? Like, are you able to actually respond to that and are you actually able to kind of stand up to the bully and punch back and that's what we saw on thursday so uh talk about bullies though jacob 
the big one. Big one's coming to Lambeau next week. The, the defending Super Bowl champion bullies. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, Packer fans? It is time that you make Little Caesars, which is the official pizza sponsor of the NFL, part of your game day routine. If you guys know anything about me whatsoever, you know that I love pizza, that every time the Packers win, I have a victory pizza. And what you should also know is that victory pizza is from Little Caesars. I This is no joke. Little Caesars, by far and away, my favorite pizza. What you can do is you can order online during their Pizza Pizza pregame, one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs, plus all day on Sunday. And then you can get ready for football and fun Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza. Pick the toppings you crave. Either way, you win. For me, I have the same order every single time. I'm going with their hot and ready pizza, pepperoni, no questions about it. And more importantly than anything else, always, 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 always get the crazy bread. It is, in my opinion, the best food that you can get on the market. I'm not joking. I love Crazy bread, love, love, love crazy bread. Get it every single time. You win when you get crazy bread. And speaking of winning, Literally everyone scores with convenient delivery or their in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends, enjoy a few slices during the game, and always get your victory pizza from Little Caesars. You won't regret it. Pizza, pizza. So I'm not going to lie. When I'm in the middle of Packer season, I don't always eat the best. It's by far my busiest time of year. I don't have a ton of time to make healthy meals. And because of that, I end up eating a lot of unhealthy foods. And when I'm not eating healthy, my digestive system doesn't always feel the best And I end up feeling less focused, more stressed, and it just feels like my immune system is fighting with an arm behind its back. That's why I tried AG1. I was tired of being tired, and I was tired of being unfocused, and I needed to kickstart my immune system and increase my energy. And when I started drinking AG1 daily, I could feel the difference in my digestive health and my daily energy. That's because AG1 is a foundational nutritional supplement that supports your body's universal needs like gut optimization, stress management, and immune support. Since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition, continuously refining their formula to create a smarter, better way to elevate your baseline health. Not only did I replace my multivitamin with AG1, but I love that every scoop includes probiotics for gut support, B vitamins for energy, and zinc to help support my immune health. And that's why Packaday is proud to be sponsored by AG1. AG1 is the supplement that I trust to provide the support my body needs daily. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash packaday. That's drinkag1.com slash packaday. Check it out. 
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It seems absolutely wild to me that Thanksgiving is already over and we're already racing through the holidays. And before you know it, it's going to be New Year's Day 2024. Part of me is incredibly excited for the holidays, the hustle and bustle, the magic, the love, the giving, everything amazing that goes into it every single year. But there's another part of me that's anxious, nervous, sad, emotional, and kind of just ready to put the holidays behind me and fast forward right past everything. For me, I always find it stressful trying to find the perfect gift for people to try to make everyone's holiday a perfect success and to make sure everything goes off without a hitch. If we're being real, we all know that this time of year can be a lot, and it's natural to have a wide range of emotions and feelings during the holiday chaos. That's where therapy has come up huge for me. Amongst all the anxious and chaotic moments, therapy has been the anchor that's kept me grounded and the guiding light to get me through the season. I've learned to keep an eye on the positives, to avoid the triggers that cause me to be anxious, and to focus on all the joy and love that's surrounding me during the holidays. If you think that therapy could benefit you, it's time to give BetterHelp a try. BetterHelp will flex to your needs, your schedule, and your unique situation. You too can find your bright spot this holiday season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Packaday to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Packaday. Hey there. I'm sure you've heard a ton about daily fantasy sports, but I'm here to tell you that you've never experienced anything quite like prize picks. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three points made plus receptions. Even more fun yet? Do you want to play alongside some of Prize Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz? You can now find community plays under the Promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community each week. I've had so much fun making Prize Picks a part of my daily fantasy sports routine. They cover all of my favorite sports, have a ton of variety and different options to choose from, and the player choices are immense. I even had a fun J.K. Scott selection the other day for the Chargers game. I recently had a big win on Saturday morning in a London game, and it just made the viewing experience so much more enjoyable. It's fun, it's exciting, it's easy, and there's a level of creativity and uniqueness about it that I really, really enjoy. So go to prizepicks.com slash packaday and use code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash packaday using code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Yeah, and the best team in the NFL, this side of the the team that kind of ended the dynasty Patriots, if you will. Um, they're the best. I mean, the best team this side of Tom Brady. If you want to look are, at it that way, are they that? Are they right now though? Are they? Right no, now? no, they're not. Um, they're a different team, and I watch the Chiefs just about every week, probably as most of you do, because they're on national TV all the time. Uh, yeah. I watched them play the Raiders today. I watched them play the Eagles last Monday. I watched them play a bunch this year. Um, the most, I think, the part that's going to be the most jarring for teams that, or for people that haven't watched the chiefs play every week or maybe just read headlines or, you know, watched Taylor Swift commercials that now have or, ex- Kelsey or expect or, the, or expect Mahomes just to be throwing six touchdowns every week. Right. I think the, what they're going to find out is that this is a team now that is their defense is better than their offense. And that is, like I said, that's kind of jarring uh, as far as, if you were to build an all-star coaching staff, the Chiefs might have it. 
Andy Reid might be the best head coach in the NFL. Steve Spagnuolo would be one of the most coveted defensive coordinators. And the same is true of Dave Tobe with special teams. And I know the special teams in Kansas City was terrible last year, but Tobe has a top-notch um, reputation as far as his – he was the D, he was the special teams coordinator for the Bears when Devin Hester was here, for example. And, yes, it's easier to coach return game when you have maybe the greatest return man of all time. But they were able to do that with some other guys too. Uh, but like you said, it is the bully of the bullies. Their defense is legit. Uh, they have a – the Packers passed a test on Thursday against a front that – like you mentioned, beat the piss out of them on both sides of the line of scrimmage in their first matchup. Kansas City's interior offensive line might be the best one in the NFL. It's certainly in that conversation. Uh, Humphrey not having as good of a year as he normally has, but Joe Tooney is one of the great players there. Um, and Humphrey's obviously been up there since he got drafted as well. And then on the defensive line, Chris Jones is the best interior pass rusher this side of Aaron Donald, uh, which is, I mean – pretty good company to keep if you can do that and they play him all over the line of scrimmage too he'll play he'll play three tech he'll play five tech he'll play defensive end on obvious passing downs george Karlaftis is a guy that he has seven seven and a half sacks something like that on the season he's really good and they got two really good corners too so this to me is a like you said morley this is kind of like can you go do it again well now i'm not only asking you to go do it again i'm asking you to go do it again against a defense that's probably better and a defense that quite frankly I know you said it was two years ago, but they pantsed you on national TV. Well, and that's, you know, that, that'll be interesting, right? Because right. Spags blitzed the bejesus out of love. And will he do it again? Because that's if you point to, if you want to take like all of love's categories, deep ball, under pressure, not under pressure, blitz, not blitz. He's actually been pretty good when he's been blitzed this year. It's almost like they have overcorrected that because that was like the one thing they had from his start. You know, the time he started was like, dude, you were not ready. You were not ready for the, for the zero blitzes 90% of the time. And so this year he's actually been pretty good. So that's going to be kind of one of the stories within the story for me is, is Spags just going to come out and be like, we did this last time. Prove you can do it. Prove you can still do it. Or is he going to look at his body of work this year and play him differently. Like, I think that's going to be fascinating to see kind of like, what is the game plan going to be for him? Well, from a personnel standpoint, they have a lot like that chief's defense in 2021 was terrible at that point. Like they were the 32nd ranked defense in the NFL when the Packers played them. And that's the part where it gets entertaining. And I'm interested to see how they do with their corners. Cause I know Snead is typically like viewed as their best corner, but Trent McDuffie's playing as well as anybody at that position in the sport. So I guess the question then becomes for you, Trey, what is your approach against this Chiefs team? Because in general, most people don't want to try and speed the game up because then you're asking for a shootout against Patrick Mahomes, and that usually doesn't work well for anybody. But you can't really slow the game down to a screeching halt either because you probably are going to have – like as, as much as the Chiefs' offense isn't what it normally is, they're going to score points. Mm -hmm. That's just, even if, even if that's just Mahomes making magic out of nothing, they're going to score points. That's just how they are. And that's how the NFL is kind of in general. So what is your approach against this chiefs defense when you come out on Sunday night? I think you, you lean into the fact that you know how aggressive they're going to be. Um, what, it, what their bread and butter is, is going to be their bread and butter on Sunday night. Um, and like, you know, 
even just today, they played the Raiders and they were down what, like 14-0 early in the game. And then now they, they came back, but part of that's because it's the Raiders. The Raiders are, you know, at a different point in their season than they were even when, when the, uh, the Packers lost to them. Um, but I think what, what the Chiefs want to do is they want to be physical and they, they want to blitz. They want to pressure. Sneed wants to be handsy and be physical because that's that's where he's successful. I think McDuffie is really excelling in the slot right now, doing a lot of blitzing, being involved in the run game. He's he's definitely impacting the game. Um, but I think what they love to do gives the chance for the, the current iteration of the Packers, the version of the Packers offense that is heading in the right direction right now, to p- potentially expose them. Uh, what, what the Packers have right now is a ton of athleticism on offense, even with Musgrave sideline uh you, you have christian you have Jaden, two dudes who are extremely fast and can you know potentially win any given one one-on-one matchup um craft might be a guy who, who can do some things versus uh their safeties or, or the linebackers depending on what they're lined up in so i i say you lean into that and you you keep doing what, what you've been successful with you know morley said jordan's been good when he's been pressured you run zero blitz and you don't get there all, all it takes is a, a semi-accurate, yeah, yep. a semi-accurate throw and, or forcing one missed tackle, and these are touchdowns we're talking about. And we have guys who have one-play touchdown potential. So you know, if you find yourself in the right matchup, those, those are things you have to take advantage of, especially against a team that you know is is able to force turnovers and is able to get so much pressure with you know the guys you mentioned, uh, you know, Karloftis, Jones. Even McDuffie's got like four or five sacks uh, or maybe even more at this point. Yeah. So you really got to lean into that and just just build on what you've been doing. Um, I mean, you were able to, for the most part, get, get exactly what you wanted against a, a Lions defense that has played well for the majority of the season. Find ways that you feel comfortable doing the same thing against the Chiefs um, and you give yourself a chance. What's Big great against them too. You cannot, one of the biggest things against the Lions, you cannot turn the ball over. And when we get to the offensive side of the ball, look, like you said, Morley, Mahomes is the best player on the planet, bar none. Uh, he does have a tendency, however, to put the ball in harm's way. That's going to give you an opportunity. I thought this was wild. The Packers do not have an interception against a team playing it that current against the team's current preferred starter since week four when the Packers played against Jared Goff. And Morley went one step further and said there isn't a cornerback on the roster with an interception. That's incredible to me, first of all, that that's something that's true. But that could be something that, you know, and Mahomes could very easily dice them up for 405 touchdowns. That's just what he's capable of doing. But you got to catch the ones he throws to you. And he will throw at least one or two to you. you. You have to catch them, though, whatever, you know, whatever it is. There's some turnover luck involved, and sometimes Mahomes got a bit of a rabbit's foot uh, stuck to a horseshoe that's hanging out of his rear end at some points, which isn't to disparage how great he is. He's awesome, but that's part of it too. My next thing as we do get to the offense here, Travis Kelsey, we were just saying before the show started, might be the greatest tight end of all time. And he's smart. He's really good just from an athletic standpoint as well. And he's just capable of doing things that few in the history of this game have been able to do. Trey, I mean, obviously we're not, it's not as simple as line up Quay Walker one-on-one and say, let's roll. But if you're in that, 
you know, if I put you in Quay Walker or Drake Campbell or Isaiah McDuffie's shoes, what are you guys trying to do against him? Because, like, the first thing that comes to my mind, and it's kind of a catch-22, is I want to make sure that we're knocking him off of his spot a little bit, move him, bump him a little bit, kind of let him know that you're there. The problem with that, of course, is there may not be anyone better in the history of this game as finding a soft spot in the zone, sitting in it and presenting himself to his quarterback. So how do you kind of navigate that portion from the player's point of view? You, you make a really good point. Um, it, is, it sounds good to say be physical with him um, because I think, you know, he's not a physical player. He's a finesse and find it. Like you said, find the soft spot and get where he has space type of type of guy. That's what, that's how he plays. But the thing the chiefs do particularly well is because, they know as good as you, I, and all the rest of the league that, hey, we want to be physical with them. They move them around. They split them out wide. They put them in positions to where you can't contact them, and that makes it extremely hard. The simple answer that I have, and it's going to be way oversimplified, is go and do whatever Levante David did in that Super Bowl a couple of years ago and try and replicate that. Now, that's really hard because Levante is a really good football player, and he's been doing it a while. And no one has really had the success that he had against Travis Kelsey before or after. Um, but whatever he did, it it limited Travis Kelsey's ability to impact the game. And it allowed Tampa to put a lot of pressure on him that or a lot of pressure on uh, Pat Mahomes that, you know, won them the football game in the end. And the one thing that as much as Casey's interior O-line is pretty good, their edges are not. They no. have the most penalized guy in football. They have one of the guys who on, was on the other end playing for the Buck who got ate up a lot at, at left tackle in Donovan Smith, who, who's also normally a, a very heavily, very penalized guy at that tackle spot. So I think everything that we saw from Rashawn, from Preston this week against one of the best tackles in football in Detroit, um, you want to see some of that. You know what I mean? That that gives you a chance to not even have to worry about Kelsey as much because, dude, you get pressure on Mahomes. Now you're now you're talking about putting yourself in in positions to win. Um, and if he has to look other, anywhere else other than Kelsey, right now you just don't know where that place is gonna be. Um, don't know and how much they'll tre- catch it when it gets to. <laughs> and, and that's what I'm saying. Like Rasheed Rice is is improving week to week, and I think Pat, especially today, found that that's probably his number two guy right now behind. Um, Kelsey, but like between MVS, you haven't seen much. Sky Moore hasn't really done a lot in year two. Um, Justin Watson seems to be his comfort guy, but I, I don't, I don't think any of our DBs, young or inexperienced or not, you know, need to fear him in terms of being in one-on-one type of situations. Um, you know, they've they've done as well or better against better better guys the last couple of weeks in the situations that they've already had to go through. So. Um, I feel like everything lines up for a good overall matchup. Um, you know, obviously Kelsey's a big part of that, but his, his season has been pretty up and down, to be honest. He's been a little banged up. He's had some drop issues, some fumbles here and there. You know, he had he had what seemed to be a pretty good game tonight. Who knows? Maybe next Sunday night, you know, is, is back in one of those valleys for him, and it all lines up for Green Bay. Hopefully it's cold. It's supposed as to be I get like old, as I get – I'm just saying, as I get older – the more it hurts when it's cold outside. And Travis is in his mid-30s. So these are the things that you need to hope for when you play a team like the Chiefs that are really good. Is like you need to have some weird things go your way. Like, ah, Kelsey had a bad game. Ah, Pat threw us two interceptions. But, like, back to that 
Buccaneers game, the Super Bowl. Like we talk about all this stuff. We talk about how great Mahomes is. We talk about how great some of you know how Kelsey is. He doesn't really have any receivers besides that this year. If you hit him, it, you equalize the playing field pretty quickly. We saw there's that one equalizer for every quarterback ever, and whether that's Tom Brady, Mahomes, Marino, Rogers, name them all. When they got hit, I say it all the time. This is why when everybody makes fun of me come draft season, when I say pick as many good offensive linemen as you can find, like I ain't never seen a quarterback complete a pass on his butt. So right. it's hard to do that. And that is well, something you more see, like you, well, like they just did it to the Detroit who I, I pro, Detroit's offensive line is night and day better than the Kansas city. hundred percent. I was just going to get to that too. Um, so talk to me about Trey just kind of mentioned those tackles, but Preston Smith is coming off. I thought he was very good on Thursday against Detroit. Rashawn yeah. Gary wrecked the game on Ken, Thursday. Kenny Clark has been unbelievable these last two games. Now, and Kenny, were- and that's Frank Ragno is, you know, that wasn't really his one-on-one matchup, but uh, Kansas City's interior offensive line is no joke. Like Trey no, and that's- that those three guys are studs. But it, what's, what's interesting to me too, though, is pa- Packers fans talking about, Ah, Rasheed Walker stinks. Yash Neisman stinks. All this stuff. Zach Tom doesn't stink. Nobody says that. But Kansas City's tackles, I promise you, they would they would trade their two old, overpriced tackles for what Green Bay has going on right now, right. just for the for the price tag. Because they're getting one, Zach Tom is the best of the bunch out of all of those four starters. Um, but Donovan Smith and Rasheed Walker flip a coin. One's expensive and one isn't, though. <laughs> like, you know, that's kind of the thing. But if this game and if this Packers defense is going to continue to slow down this Chiefs offense, because I don't want to make it something it isn't. I don't want to say the Chiefs offense is on fire because they aren't. They are not a good offense right now. They, it, they are the worst offense in the second half um, of games. Uh, I know in the Eagles game, they had that graphic 5.9 points in the second half is what they've been averaging coming into this week's game versus Vegas. Um, which they were better against Vegas, but Vegas with a dinged up Max Crosby as your literal owner, only pass rusher. That's not green Bay. You know, Rashawn has been just getting better. Uh, Preston continues to ascend. Kenny Clark is playing some of his best football right now, but then you have guys like Carl Brooks that are kind of coming into his own as a, as a, as a pass rusher, Devonte Wyatt for whatever it is you want to talk about him. He can move guys off his spot. It's. I think it's all going to come down to the fact that I think they will be able to pressure Mahomes, but will Mahomes do Mahomes things, right? Because you can still get pressure on this guy, and then he spins out of it. He runs to his right. He runs back to his left. He throws behind his back thirty yards. You know, I mean, he's he's unbelievable. So uh, these are the things that you have to consider when you're just going into the game, and you kind of hope the ball bounces your way a couple times. Yeah, and that'll be the the difference. One of the differences this week, as opposed to Thursday, is that when you pressure Mahomes. He can move. When you pressure Goff, he can't move. You know, Goff is a statue. And nowadays, with the way these teams build these fronts, it's almost a request. Like watching today, I was watching the Eagles and the Bills. And I can't imagine if I had like a really big time rooting interest in that game, just how frustrating that would be to face either one of those quarterbacks because you've got him. And then he makes one move this way, he breaks away, and bam, third and eight, which is a sack against some guys, is now 25 yards down the field to first down. And you can even see, like, there are – and you've watched it. I mean, Packers, the defensive lineman chasing Russell Wilson and some of these other dudes that they've had come through here for years, that's the difference. Mahomes isn't 
Yeah, he's not Lamar Jackson. He's not going to confuse anybody with that, but he's a good athlete. The Packers have struggled just two weeks ago. They were getting decent-ish pressure on Justin Herbert, but Herbert ran for, I think, 40, 50 yards, something like that against. He had a couple big runs against them too, and Mahomes is capable and more than happy to do stuff like that. And he is kind of like Aaron Rodgers was for Green Bay for so many years where he's more dangerous when he's out of structure. And that the difference, I guess, between him and 12 is it's kind of like that works both ways. Sometimes he gets out of structure and tries to make like the wow, awesome, amazing play. And it turns into a play that could have been an interception. But I think that is like one of the key pressure points of this game because Mahomes can sit back there and be comfortable. I think he picks them apart. Uh, if the Packers get pressure on him, then like you said, you guys have seen that happen before. The Chiefs started four guards in a center in the Super Bowl. Didn't matter that they had Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey in his prime and all these dudes that they had as far as weapons go. They scored nine points and got smoked. Green Bay doesn't have that level of defense, but we'll see. It'll be interesting to see if they can get some of their guys back this week with Drake Campbell and Jair Alexander and some players. They're going to need Savage, I think, is a guy who could be a big part of this particular week too just because of the team speed that it represents. But we're running out of show. Morally, like I said, the Chiefs are your favorite team, so I know you're going to pick them to win like 37-7, to but who wins on Sunday and why? I think, one, I'm going to punch you for – you continue to say these bold face wise to the people, to our, our nice, beautiful people that listen to this podcast. But I think the nice thing about getting that Lions win is the whole conversation was like, man, if the, if man, if these Packers can steal one versus Detroit or Kansas city, they're really in a good spot. Well, guess what? They did. They stole one versus Detroit. So really this is, like, would it be great? Would it be awesome for them to beat Kansas City and then make a run? Yeah, that would be sweet. I don't think they are. And that's okay, right? That's going to – like, I still think if they've dropped this game to Kansas City, then they have a slate of – the rest of their games are very winnable. Um, so, I think this game is going to be lower scoring than what people might expect. Uh, but I got – and I think it will be closer than what maybe some people expect – uh, Kansas City just opened up as six and a half point favorites on the road. So that tells you what Vegas thinks about this game. But I think the Packers cover. I think it's uh, 21 24 Chiefs that do end up winning. Trey? You know, um, I think there is a very, very, very realistic path to uh, Green Bay winning out the way that they have played the last couple weeks and the way that things just seem to be coming together, you know. Uh, the potential with guys coming off of the, the injured reserve list and potentially making an impact that boosts them even further. Um, I don't see how that doesn't happen. I, as much as the Chiefs scare you with Patrick Mahomes, the rest of their team right now just really doesn't. Um, I'm going to have this one you know, being a close game. Uh, Sunday night football, I think Jordan Love comes through and it's like a, a 23-20 type game. Um, that's That's where I have it, Green Bay taking it. And here I thought I was going to be the only one, but count me. Jacob Morley has receipts of me talking shit. I believe in Jordan Love. I believe in this Packers offense. I believe that they found something against the Detroit Lions. I believe that they found some confidence. I think they have an understanding of who their best players are and what works best for those players all together. And I believe when it comes to weaknesses lining up, Green Bay's weakness 
is going to be in the secondary. And the Chiefs just don't have the receivers to take advantage of it. Now, I'll say that, and Rasheed Rice will run for 200 yards on 10 catches. But if Green Bay can figure out a way to slow down this run game with Isaiah Pacheco, and Andy Reid does have a tendency to get impatient with his run game. This dates all the way back to Philadelphia, where he just refused to run the ball for stretches for whatever reason. So I don't know if he can stay patient that way, or if he will. I should say, I know he can. I don't know if he will. But I'm in on Jordan Love, and I am in on him stamping a win over the Kansas City Chiefs, outdueling Patrick Mahomes in his home stadium, and by doing so, saying, I'm the guy. I'm the long-term quarterback, and this would kind of cement that for if there's anybody left who's like on the fence, which I know I'm speaking boldly, but I still kind of am, beating the Chiefs would be like, okay, I'm in. Like, how do you even, at that point, what is there even left to say about this guy? Because now for three weeks in a row, Jordan Love is, at the end of the game, you could say just had the best game of his career, just had the best game of his career. And that culminated on Thursday against a Lions team that, again, before that game started, People were asking, like, could Detroit beat San Francisco in a playoff game that they host? Can Detroit go into Philadelphia and beat the Eagles in a playoff game? How can that work? Like, we're touting them as one of the best teams in the NFC. Now it's kind of funny because the Packers beat them. And it's like, oh, well, you know, they're not that good. Like, we're not so sure that, that they're that good. But I'm in. And in honor of my friends in the beautiful state of Ohio, And this weekend score, I will say Packers 30, Kansas City 24. So shout out to my friends there. Packers win over Morley's favorite team, and Jacob cries himself to sleep on that particular night, but that is okay. And uh, shout out to my friends Kent Swanson and Matt Lane. Do you realize how big of a problem I'm going to (laughs) be in this city? If the Packers pull this game out, I uh, I'm I'm going to be an absolute liability. Someone better come get me. I think part of me is picking it just to manifest watching that happen. Like I remember I'm going to so lose we're, friends. I will lose friends. People I just will not want to talk to me. I just can't imagine if green Bay had in 2020 or 21 gotten to the super bowl against Kansas city in either one of those years, how that would have gone for you, but we're out of show because we don't want to go back through those painful memories. Unfortunately, we're out of show for the time. You can check us out at pack a day podcast on twitter you can follow the show wherever you find your podcast you can follow morley's at jacob morley you can follow trey at md underscore qe32 and you can follow me i am at jacob god bless it i do that every week it's 33 trey trey i don't even know how his number is his damn name for god's sake 33 uh, md that's... underscore qe33 you can follow me i'm at jacob Westendorf. thank you guys for listening and we'll talk to you again next week 